Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au back together again this morning and happy Mother's Day to all our mums uh, watching the service today. If you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 1, and I want to read from uh, verse uh, 26, Genesis chapter 1, and I'm reading uh, from verse 26 and 27. This is what the Bible says. Then God said, uh, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. Let's pray. So Father, we just thank you for your word. And we thank you that your word has the power to make a difference in our lives. Let there be a spirit of wisdom and revelation, even as I share this word today. Let there be a freedom to speak the word and to receive the word, I pray. I just thank you for who you are, Lord God. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to honor and to glorify you. Father, this morning, we're hungry to hear a word from you. Would you speak a word into our hearts and into our lives today? Thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So it's Mother's Day today, as we know, and we want to honour all the mums uh, in our church, uh, all those that are watching. Thank you for uh, the gift that you are to our church, as Lana has already said. May God bless you uh, as you continue to uh, serve him uh, together. Uh, I want to speak today on this special Mother's Day service on the topic, uh, what is God like? I want to I speak on the, on the topic, what is God like? Uh, whenever the Bible refers to God, it always refers to God in male terms. Um, it's our Father who art in heaven. Uh, it's to him be the glory. Um, and, he, and he said to them, whatever it is that God said. Um, but we need to understand that God is neither male nor female. And that's going to surprise some of you, but he's neither male nor female. That both males and females together are a representation of the image of God. God is spirit. And uh, both males and females represent um, who God actually is. Notice what the text says. It says, then God said, let us. Now notice it says us there. Um, that represents God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It's not, let me make uh, man in my own image. Let, let us make uh, God in our image. And then it says, uh, let us make man. And the word man there is actually the word for humankind, as uh, the uh, New International Version translates it that way. Um, make him in our image according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female, he created them. And now, notice that both males and females were created in the image of God, in the likeness of God, and they were created to represent God, that both have characteristics. Both males and females have characteristics that are actually seen in God. Now, 
I don't want any of you to get worried. I'm not trying to introduce a new doctrine here that we should refer to God in female terms. Um, in the Bible, uh, God is always referred to in male terms and, and nothing's going to change. But what I want to do this morning is to show you five images in the Bible that describe the characteristics of God, the qualities of God that are presented uh, in female terms. And I pray that these uh, images, I pray that these thoughts, these simple thoughts today are going to speak to all of us today, going to speak to the mums, but actually speak to all of us because these images actually talk to us about how God wants to relate to you and to me. And so my prayer is that God is going to speak to us uh, through this. So let's dive straight into this. The first of the images that I want us to look at describes the caring nature of God. Um, God cares. A passage I want to look at comes from uh, the Gospel of Matthew. These are Jesus' words. Uh, he said, uh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, uh, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how often I have longed to gather your children together. Now, I just want you, to, want you to picture this. Jesus is looking at Jerusalem. He's looking at the people of Israel. As he's looking at this picture, he's, he's expressing these words. He says, how often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings and you are not willing. Um, so Jesus is looking at the people of Israel and they're kind of dispersed and they're lost and they seem all over the place and his, his heart is moved with compassion towards them. Um, and of all the images uh, that Jesus could have uh, used to express what he was feeling at that time, he uses the image of the hen and her chicks. Jesus says, I wish I could gather you together like a, like a hen uh, gathers her chicks. Now, notice it doesn't say a rooster because Jesus would never use that kind of image for a rooster, but, it, but, it, but he uses the image uh, of the hen. I want to take care of you um, like a mother takes care of her chicks. Now, I remember when I grew up, uh, we had chickens at home as most good ethnic homes uh, did. We, we had chickens and I remember at times there was the, the hen that would, would, would sit on first the eggs and then the, the chicks would hatch um, and then you'd see this hen that would look really, really plump, um, kind of just, just sitting down, but actually all the little chicks were, were underneath the wings of that particular hen. There was no better place for the chicks to be, no safer place for the chicks to be than um, under the wings of uh, the mother hen. And God is using that same image to describe how he felt about the people of Israel. More than that, God is using that same image to describe how God feels about you and about me. People ask the question, what is God like? What's he like? If you had to describe God, how would you describe God? I tell you what he's like. He's compassionate. He's caring. He's gentle. He's just like a hen that takes care of her chicks. So often God sees us running all over the place. So often God sees us lost so often God sees us in trouble and trying to, trying to work through life. Um, and God says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Joe, Joe, how often I've just longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks. But I, the, sad, the sad part is how this particular verse finishes because God is saying, this, this is what I want to do towards you. This is, this is how I want to treat you but you were not willing. And that's God's desire 
for you and for me, but we need to be willing to come to him. It's an, it's an invitation by God. He says, you know, come to me or you who are weary and burdened and, and, and I will give you rest. That's the invitation of God. It's, it's how God wants to take care of us. It's what God wants to do in our hearts and in our lives. And all we need to do is come to him with an open heart. A second image that we get from scripture is that God is the God of comfort. A picture comes from Isaiah chapter 66 Um, And it says this, as a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. Um, As a mother comforts her child, so will I comfort you. And you shall be comforted over Jerusalem. Uh, When children are in pain, instinctively, um, they kind of run to their mothers. Uh, Mothers have this capacity to comfort their children uh, like no one else can. Fathers have a particular role, let's not... Uh, diminish the role of the father, but, but when it comes to uh, compassion and caring, uh, children instinctively will run uh, to their mother. And I just want you to get a picture of this because these are images that, that God is presenting about what he's like. And I, I, I want you to just see the image of a mother taking care of a distressed child, of a mother just picking the child up, hugging the child, uh, holding the child in her arms, Allowing the child to just cry in her arms. And the child might still be crying, but the child knows that they're in the absolute best place to be. And the mother's just gently speaking, it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. And that's the word of the Lord for some of us today. There might be some suffering, distressed, hurting, wounded. Um, Life is beating you up. Can I just encourage you to turn to the Lord because he will see you through because he is the God of all comfort. Because he comforts us. He desires to comfort us. Just like a mum comforts her child. Paul, in speaking to the Corinthian church, says this, uh, 2 Corinthians 1, 3, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. He's the God of all comfort. Um, And, you know, today on Mother's Day, there might be some of you who are actually grieving um, for whatever reasons. Some of you might have... Uh, lost a mum and actually grieving today or Mother's Day is not quite the way it should be for you and I want you to know that the God that we serve he's the God of all comfort it's what he's like if you had to if you had to describe what is God like he's he's the God who comforts us just like a mum comforts her child a third picture comes out of Isaiah and it speaks about uh, the love of God Uh, Listen to what it says. I I, I really love the scripture. It's Isaiah 49, uh, chapter 14. It says this, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. And then verse, verse 15, Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born? Though she may forget, I will not forget you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls 
are ever before me. Now, as human beings, uh, there are some basic needs that all of us have. Uh, There's a need for acceptance. These are kind of basic needs that all of us have as human beings. There's a need for acceptance, a need for belonging, and a need to be loved. And in life, um, the reality is um, not all of those needs needs are always met uh, in our lives. In an ideal world, all of those uh, needs uh, are met in a perfect home, in a perfect family, perfect parents, uh, and all the rest of that. But we know that they don't exist. Um, uh, the reality is uh, most of us uh, are short in, in, in some of these areas. Some of us have grown up in, in some difficult homes or difficult environments. And rather than have a mother that's nurtured you or cared for you, um, she's probably, she might have done the exact opposite. She may have humiliated you or belittled you. Um, shamed you in some way. And some of you are still carrying the wounds or the scars uh, of some of that relationship. A lot of counsellors talk about the mother wound. There's the father wound, but there's also um, the mother wound. And here in Isaiah, and and I just love this passage of Scripture, because God is speaking to the people of Israel who are feeling abandoned, they're feeling forsaken, they're feeling like God has forgotten them. And so God wants to get a message across to them. God wants to speak to them and he wants them to understand how much he loves them and how much he cares about them. And he says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on that child she has born? Though though she may forget, though though there's a possibility that she could forget, um, I will not forget you. A mother by instinct will take care of her child. A mother by instinct will do everything she can for that child. And die for the child if she actually needs to. And God, God says, do you think it's possible that a mother can forsake a child? But, but even if that was possible, even, even in the, there was a rem, the remotest possibility that she could, I will never forget you. And then I love what God says next. Because just in case you're not missing, you're missing this, just in case you still not, you don't get this image just yet, God says, now I want you to understand how much I love you. See, I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. And then he says, your walls are ever before me. The walls represented what the people of Israel were going through. If you read the context, the Isaiah 49, you read the whole chapter, they were talking about uh, the walls of the temple and so on. And, and um, God says, whatever you're going through, it's ever before me. And I believe that's a powerful thought. I I, I believe, and I still believe, that one of the greatest revelations that we can have in our lives is that we are loved by God. Um, Most of us have had all kinds of parents, great great parents and and, and not so good and so on. And uh, no matter how perfectly a parent will love us, it'll always miss the mark in some ways. And all of us still need a revelation that we are loved by God. And you know, whatever upbringing we've had, good, bad, or indifferent, um, we, can, we can reflect on our lives or we can reflect on our upbringing and, and look at some of the negative things that we've been through or some of the negative experiences. And we can spend the rest of our life blaming or we can spend the rest of our life playing the victim card. Um, we can spend the rest of our life complaining about how our parents uh, have messed up and 
when I hear uh, children speak like that about their parents, I usually say, well, I'm looking forward to seeing how you're going to perform when, one day when you're parents. And I don't want to belittle that in any way because there are people who have been deeply wounded uh, by that. But listen, the victim mentality won't ever help you. Uh, the blame game is never going to help you get out of this. The greatest thing we, that we can do is acknowledge the pain, uh, work through the pain, express the pain, express, uh, process the pain. Learn, learn to honour the positive things that our parents have passed down to us. The Bible says, honour your mother and father so that it may go well with you. Now that doesn't mean we honour the bad things. All of our parents have done some good things and the Bible is encouraging us, honour the positive things that have been passed down to you. And then forgive your parents for their mistakes. It's, it's, it's an important process. And if we, if we work through this process in the correct way, then we open ourselves up to get a revelation of how much God actually loves us. God says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she is born, though she may forget? I will never forget you. More than that, in case you still haven't got it, I want, you to, I want you to understand, I've engraved a picture of you on my hand. So wherever I am, I can look at that picture. And God says, I'm deeply interested in what you're going through. Your life, your marriage, your job, your finance, your struggles. They're ever before me and I'm here to see you through. Most mums carry pictures of their kids around their wallets or wherever they are or at their desk. Not always the husband, but they've certainly got pictures of the kids. And um, it's a great picture of how God sees us, how God thinks about us. We're forever on his mind. We're forever in his heart. Uh, fourth picture comes from that of an eagle, and it's young. Uh, speaks to us about how God at times will uh, push us to be our best. Deuteronomy 32 says this, uh, like an eagle that stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, that spreads its wings to catch them and carries them aloft. Um, well, part of a mum's job is to nurture and care and uh, take care of the children and protect them. Deep down, every mum believes uh, that their child is gifted, that their child is a genius, and that one day they shall be the Prime Minister of the nation. And so great mums also know how to push their children out of their comfort zones. They know how to make them uncomfortable. They know how to get on their case. Um, occasionally yell at them if they need to, to make them do what they need to do. And even give a strong word of discipline or of correction when needed. Often when we think about love, uh, often when we think about God's love, we always think about it, the caring uh, nature of the love of God. Uh, but actually, uh, God's love has actually two sides. Um, one, one is the side of caring, um, but the other side is, is the side of, of discipline. Uh, sometimes the most loving thing we can do is discipline someone, or sometimes the, the most loving thing that we can do is, is speak truth into someone's life. They are the two aspects of God's love. God is full of grace and truth at the same time. 
And the reality is that God is like that with us. That often God sees who we can become. And as a result of that, at times, God will make us uncomfortable. So for God to get this image across to Israel that he was speaking to at the time, he uses the image of the eagle and the eaglet. Mother eagle creates this beautiful soft nest for the young to grow in. And the eaglets love it. They love the nest. They love how soft it is. Mum comes in and brings in the food. Um, But at some point, uh, the eagle starts to get rid of the padding and starts to prepare uh, the eaglet to push them actually out of the nest. Why does the eaglet, why, why does the eagle actually do that? Well, the eagle does that because the eagle, eaglet needs to learn how to fly. Now, that might be a word for some of the ethnic mums here today with 35-year-old sons still at home. Um, might be time, just think about it slowly, take some of the padding out of the nest. You know, you might want to just gently, you know, push them out of the nest. Uh, For the eaglet, what the mother is doing is terrible. It's terrible. It's awful. It seems cruel that the the mother is actually removing the padding, actually making the nest uh, uncomfortable. And now the twigs are actually poking them and, and, and hurting them. But the eagle is preparing the eaglet to fly. Now listen, church, because there are times where God in his great mercy will start taking the padding out of the nest of our lives. He will do that not to harm us, but so that we can reach our potential in God. It's because God can see that we can fly and he he starts to remove the padding out of our nest by his grace and for his glory. There are times where God will lead us into a storm because he wants to teach us about faith, because he wants our faith. To grow. There are some times where God would lead us into a desert for years because he wants to reveal himself to us in a burning bush. He wants to speak to us about our future. There are, there are times where God would lead us into a prison because it's in a prison where he wants to shape our character to prepare us for what he has next for us. There are times where he will make us face a Goliath to teach us that we can face any giant in our lives. What, what is God like? If you had to describe God, what, what, is, he, what is he like? He's like a, a, an eagle, a, a mother eagle, who at times will remove the padding out of the nest and push the eaglet out of the nest so that they can learn to fly. He's a God that's not afraid to speak truth into our lives. He's a God that's not afraid to correct us at times for our own good. One final picture uh, comes from one of the parables of Jesus. Jesus was spending time with uh, the outcasts. The Pharisees couldn't understand why Jesus was doing that. So Jesus tells them uh, three stories about what God is like. The first story is about a a lost sheep. Uh, The the last story is about a lost son. You know the story. It's the son who uh, says, um, um, you know, I want my inheritance before it's time. And then he goes out, squanders his wealth and then, uh, then comes back home. And we know that the father uh, throws this massive uh, party for his son. You know the story. It's just a powerful. Uh, but then there's this second parable in the trilogy of parables. Now God, God could have picked any image to describe what he's like. 
He, he could have picked um, any, any kind of image to describe his heart for his people or describe his, his heart for those who are far from God. And so he tells another story. Let me read it to you. Uh, there once was a woman who had 10 valuable silver coins. When she lost one of them, she swept her entire house, diligently searching every corner of her house for that one lost coin. Now, as you look at this story, the woman in the story is very clearly a picture of God. And he says, she had lost a coin. She had 10 of them. One of them gets lost. And um, she doesn't stop looking until she finds it. I'm sure every home has had a mum who's lost something valuable in the home and um, has searched high and low. Uh, Jesus, in this particular parable, isn't speaking about sheep and coins. And Jesus was speaking about people. And in life, like the coin, we can get lost. Uh, we can lose our way. We can lose our focus. We can get on a path that's leading us to a, an eternity away from God. And I want you to know that God is searching for us. God is searching for you because he thinks you're valuable. In the, in the story, I, I just love the, the story. She doesn't think, well, you know what, I've got nine. It won't matter if I lose one. You win some, you lose some. I'm sure it'll show up sometime. No, for, for, for this, for this mum, every, every coin is important and she sweeps that house like a crazy woman until she finds it. I know it's here somewhere. It's never happened in our house, ever. I've got to be careful because Lana's right here. She doesn't rest, she doesn't sleep. She doesn't stop. I know, I know that coin is here somewhere. She doesn't stop until she finds it. And Jesus is telling this story because he wants, to, he wants us to know that that's what God's heart is like towards you and me. That he's looking. And he won't, and he will, he won't stop coming after us until we surrender our life to him. That's what God is like. He's a God of grace. He's a God of mercy. He's a God who cares. So five images that speak about the qualities of God that we learn from mums. Five, five images that speak to all of us about what God is like, about the kind of relationship that God wants to have with you and me. And we looked at all these images and what we've learned today is that, that God cares. God cares. Like a, like a hen that takes care of her chicks, God, God cares for us. God comforts. God loves us. He's not afraid to push us out of the nest at that time. He's not afraid to speak the truth into our hearts and lives at times. And God is searching for us. One final thought um, that comes out of the first few chapters of uh, Genesis. Um, one of the concerns I have for mums, for modern mums today, uh, is the pressure that's on them. Uh, social media is creating some crazy, unrealistic uh, pressures um, on everyone, on all of us, 
uh, but particularly mums and families. Mums today have to be master chefs. They have to be top models, Lego champions, the block renovators, shark tank entrepreneurs, and the list goes on and on. The pressure's crazy, and no doubt many mums uh, look at themselves and feel like they never measure up. You're not good enough. You've messed up again. Can you see how everyone else is doing? Look, look at everybody else's life. Look at those Instagram pictures. <laughs> and look how short or how you've fallen. As I close, I want to reflect on one of the first mums in the Bible. Her name was Eve. Most of us remember Eve because she was the one who ate the fruit. Um, if she wouldn't have eaten that fruit, we wouldn't be in trouble today, hey? Not true. Because if we were there, we would have eaten that fruit. And if she didn't do it, Adam would have done it, no doubt. Just think about her life for a little bit. Just reflect on her life. Because all we ever see when we, when we see Eve, we think about the mistakes she made. But I want you to think about her life from her own perspective. Because she sinned, well, Adam sinned. <laughs> then they were thrown into the wilderness. Um, she has two sons and uh, they don't have the greatest relationship. In fact, they're jealous of each other. And the jealousy is so bad that Cain actually kills Abel. So one of her sons is now a murderer. Um, can you imagine what Eve is thinking about her own life? Motherhood for her. Right at the beginning, God gave Eve a promise. He said to her that out of her would come someone who would crush the head of the sermon. It was, it, was a, it was a promise about the future coming of Christ. But right now, as she looked at her life, her life was a mess. Maybe there are some of you here today and you feel like you've failed as a mum. Maybe you feel like your life is a mess. Maybe you had all these aspirations, these goals, these, these dreams about what motherhood would look like. And it hasn't kind of worked out the way you thought it would. If that's you, I want you to listen to what the Bible says about Eve. Um, it's this little verse. It's kind of insignificant, um, but actually it's quite powerful. The Bible says in Genesis 4.25, And Adam lay with his wife again. When she could have easily given up on life, when, when she could have easily said, you know what, I've messed up, that's it, it's finished, it's over. She says, no, we're going to have another child. Most of us know the two sons of Adam and Eve. We know Cain and Abel, but very few of us actually know the name of the third child. Would you believe the, the name of the third child is Seth? And I've got Seth on the camera right now, <laughs> taking the camera. If you turn to another scripture, in 1 Chronicles chapter 1, we see the genealogy of Adam right through to Abraham. It was Adam, Seth, Enosh, Noah, little down the track, Nahor, Terah, Abraham. And then if you go to Matthew chapter 1, you'll see the genealogy from Abraham right through to the birth of Jesus. It was through this third child 
that Jesus came to earth. It was through the third child that the promise that God gave Eve so many years earlier was actually fulfilled. And so my encouragement to you is don't give up. Believe in the promise that God has given you. Allow Him to use you for His glory. Don't allow those challenges to determine your destiny. Don't allow those mistakes to define your future. Because despite our failures, and that's not just for the mums, that's for all of us here today. Despite our failures, God can use us to bring Jesus into the world. God still uses broken vessels to bring Jesus into the world. God still uses people with all of their messes to bring Jesus into the world. And he's spoken a promise over your life. And that promise shall come to pass. God has not finished with you yet. By the grace of God and for the glory of God. Why don't we pray together? And so, Father, we come before you. Today, in the name of Jesus. We just thank you for this word, Lord God, that gives us a picture of who you are and what you're really like. So many people have these distorted images of, about who you are and how you want to deal with our hearts and lives. But Lord, I pray that whatever images we have, that they would come into line with the truths of your word and the scriptures. We thank you that you're the God that cares and protects and comforts. You're the God that loves us. You're the God that's willing to speak truth into our hearts and lives. You're the God at times that's willing to put us in a difficult situation because you're believing for greater things in our hearts and lives. And you're the God that still uses us despite our failures, despite our mistakes, despite our regrets, despite our shame. You still choose to use us by your grace and for your glory. And I, I just pray that for everyone listening this morning, Lord God, that they would get a revelation of your love. Not just knowledge intellectually about your love, Lord God. Not, not just read, read it in a verse, but actually get a revelation in their spirit that they are loved by God. I just pray that that would become a revelation that would guide us, lead us in every decision that we make through life. We love you, Lord God. Again, bless every home, bless every family. Bless every mum, Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name. Glorify your name, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.